Listen, all you New Yorkers. Excuse me? Taxi. Okay, man, we're looking around. This is the 77 WABC minicast. It's Sunday morning. With us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky. He's with us every Sunday when, you know, and it makes our minds expand to what the heck is going on up there. Uh, Steve Cates, uh, welcome to Sunday morning. And uh, what's, uh, what's up today? We have lots to talk about here. Wishing everybody the best of the holidays. You know, John, deep in space, and we talk about this all the time, these great mysteries. We'll have another mystery of the week in just a few moments, but... There's something in space called gamma rays. What are these? They're the most powerful energy particles that the universe has. And we've heard a couple of stories, John, about, oh, maybe a year ago, that a gamma ray burst from space two billion light years came past the Earth. Well, guess what? Now we have one that tops the record. The Milky Way galaxy that we live in, there's this gigantic black hole in the nucleus, about 27,000 light years from us. Well, lo and behold, in 2021, that big black hole in the center of the galaxy blasted some gamma rays that actually affected the upper atmosphere of the Earth. So lucky for us, none of these sources of gamma rays are as close as some of the stars because sometimes people in the past have looked at this and blamed it, maybe correctly, on previous extinctions here on the Earth. I find that fascinating. And uh, tell me, uh, if the gamma rays hit real bad, is that what affects uh, uh, your power grids? Not necessarily. It would affect our DNA, which is even more important. I mean, obviously, we need power. But going into this deeper, John, this is what we're finding fascinating. The sources of these are still well within the questionable area. We think that it, this one, of course, came from the supermassive black hole. But it probably wouldn't do anything to affect the communications on the Earth. But let's hope and pray we don't have anything that close. But there's another subject matter that's also in the news today. There's another object in space called a magnetar. Well, let's be brief. Magnetars are pulsars. These are stars that are tiny, maybe the size of the Earth. Sounds incredible. But a magnetar, John, has so much magnetic, obviously, than a magnetar. Think about this. If you had a magnetar as close as the moon is to the Earth, this is not made up. This is fact. It would be able to strip off all the data off credit cards and all magnetic devices if it were as close as the moon. Now, lucky for us, the closest magnetar is only about 9,000 light years away. But isn't this amazing how the universe has all these powerful sources, way more powerful than uh, everybody out there probably imagines as we open up our minds? Well, 9,000 light years away, so uh, if something happened today, uh, we, would, we would definitely mm-hmm. have a problem in 9,000 years. <laughs> we sure would. And, you know, that brings us up to the great mystery of the week. And here's one that I think the listeners at the Cats Roundtable will appreciate, whether you're young or older. The major eight planets in the solar system, and we talk about the dwarf Pluto, They're way out there. They go all the way out to dwarf Pluto, about a couple of billion miles away. But here's the mystery, John. If you took all those planets and lined them up side by side, what would be the diameter of all those planets? Now, here it goes. We could actually take all those planets, and they would fit in the distance between the Earth and the moon. That's only about 250 miles. Now, that's crazy because... Most people think, oh, Jupiter's so gigantic. It's about 88,000 miles across, Saturn about 74,000. But isn't that quite amazing in that mystery sense? Most people didn't know that. 
most people probably go, wow, scratching their heads. So in other words, the solar system is populated with all these planets and great distances. But if you combine them all together, it fit in that short distance. I find that amazing. Well, what I really still find amazing is how uh, we, we're getting pictures from Mars uh, as if you're standing right there uh, uh, with the, those uh, video cameras on that helicopter and the, and the video ca cameras on the... Uh, and it, it's, it, it's really mind-boggling that, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of rock and a lot of sand. You bet. It's one of those planets. People may ask, why is Mars red? Well, it's made up of a lot of material like rust, like iron oxide. But, John, now Mars has moved out away from the sun, so communication lines are better. A few weeks ago, we said when Mars moves into solar conjunction, the sun's, you know, it's in a straight line. The sun's energy interferes with communications. But it's going to be a great next year, John, 2024. We're going to learn so much more about the surface of Mars new probes that are going to be heading there. We can we could list them. It takes a long time here and from the time we're allocated this morning. But just know, folks, this is going to be a great exploration of the solar system. Mars is right at the tip of most people's list, not wish list, but actual reality list. And it leads us to what we talk about when we conclude. We always talk about the live sky. What's that? It's what you can actually see in the sky, which makes our minds wander more. So here we go. This week, one of the best meteor showers, John, of the entire year is going to start taking place. It's called the Geminids. comes from the zodiac sign Gemini, of course, the twins. How do you see it? Dark skies. Look to the northeast. It peaks on the night of the third coming up and the 14th. And this shower can produce hundreds of meteors an hour or maybe even 50 at the worst part. But if you have a dark sky or even city dwellers may get to see some. Remember, they're the size of a grain of beach sand on average maybe the size of, you know, little pebbles that you would see out in the open in the dirt. But these are incinerated particles from a slash comet asteroid. So it's something to see. People can learn more by going to wabcradio.com for the Dr. Sky experience with a brand new report, John, on what people can see in depth in our beautiful December skies. So what a way to talk as we move into the holidays and some better clear skies. You just have to be able to bundle up no matter where you're listening, and enjoy the beauty of what makes this a great mystery. Well, thank you, Steve Cates. I am waiting for a white Christmas. Let's see if we get one this year. Yes. I hope so, John. Good morning to you and the listeners, and thank you for having me as part of the Cats Roundtable.